Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today, we are flashing back to episode number 78 with commercial real estate wizard, Tyler Cobble. Tyler was a record-setting Cutco sales rep who has gone on to a prolific career in commercial real estate, one that enabled him to achieve a $1 million net worth by the age of 27. In this short snippet, Tyler connects the dots between his success selling Cutco and what he does now. He shares some universal traits for success in business, and he details how he has been able to position himself as an expert in his field. He shares some actionable advice on how anyone listening can achieve a greater degree of professional success. Whenever you get value from a CLSK episode, please share it with others and consider supporting one of our sponsors by visiting changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. You'll find deals there for Organifi, something I use all the time, as well as Brain Fuel and Good Weather Wine, which were founded and run by Cutco Vector alums. To hear more from the remarkable Tyler Cobble, you can revisit our full conversation at episode number 78. Let's connect the dots a little bit more between selling Cutco and what you're doing now, and uh, just some of the things that you feel like are universal traits that apply to Cutco, apply to what you're doing now, apply to other fields as well. We've talked about work ethic being one of them. What else do you feel stands out as some of the universal traits for success in business? So I think interpersonal skills, for one, being able to just communicate with people and not feel like a robot or read off a script. You know, all the scripts that we were given in Cutco were phenomenal skeletons, but I expounded upon that and made them my own. And I think that that's very important to do as a sales rep. You know, you, you got to learn, you got to get your outline, and you got to add your flavor to it because that's, that's what everybody wants to know. They, they want to have a human conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I think interpersonal skills are, are very important. Product knowledge, having more knowledge of your product than anybody else in the market. Of course, that makes you an expert. And people want to rely on experts to, to help them make decisions when they don't know as much about something. I think that having faith in your product, no matter what you're selling, if you don't believe in your own product, if it's not something that you would use, that you would love, that would you know make your life better, uh, it's going to be really tough to sell. And so I've never... And I never will sell anything that I don't believe in. Because it people can kind of tell. You know, it's just, it's, it's a tougher sale. Being able to, you know, get to the office earlier and leave later than everybody else and not be afraid to, to hit the phones and, and make the ask, you know, cause at the end of the day, somebody just says, no, that's fine. You hang up, you call them a week later, you know, in the meantime, you call a whole bunch of other people. You never know what kind of situation somebody's in when you're calling them. And I feel like so many people take a no personally when it's, you know, hey, maybe, Maybe my kid's in the hospital. He's got the flu, and I just don't have time to take care of this right now. No, don't call me again. You know, I mean that that stuff happens all the time. 
Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's nothing personal. Exactly. You'd certainly have to have the courage to do things that a lot of other people won't do if you want to achieve success that a lot of other people don't have. I love what you said about product knowledge and becoming an expert, becoming an expert at what you're doing. And you said something along the lines of, you know, people rely on experts to help them make decisions when they don't have, you know, all the knowledge themselves. There's a lot of times in purchasing a product where I don't necessarily truly understand the difference between this one and that one. And I rely on that person who is the expert, the person who's selling the product or the person who's promoting the investment. I rely on that person. And I look at, first of all, what type of relationship do I have? Do I trust them? And then I also look at, right, what's my perception of how competent this person is? Are they really an expert in their field? And so how well are you viewed as an expert in what you're doing? I think that's a great question for people to ponder, to be able to think about how you can take your game to the top level in whatever field you're in, right? Becoming an expert. That's a great, great point. I think it's very important. I mean, you do everything that you can, you know, thanks to, you know, social media, it's very easy to start labeling yourself as that expert. You just share knowledge. I utilized Instagram to, to really get to my expert status and then wrote a book that hit bestseller. And that helps so much. You may not know me, but if you found me on Instagram or if you've seen the book somewhere, you automatically know, okay, well, this guy could have written a book if he doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to leasing. Here he is on social media. Everybody's interacting with him, all these businesses that he's worked with. I mean, it's basically a, a new business card. So yeah, I mean, being the expert, it's really important. What have been some of your success factors in the, your current role in commercial real estate? Yeah, so basically just career milestones. You know, about two years into the into the job, I, I had leased up all of the product that 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 company had been struggling to fill. Realized I worked myself out of a job, so I put together a development deal. They were developing a lot of townhomes, so I think I was twenty four, twenty five. Uh, put together a forty two unit townhome development uh, in a suburb just south of Nashville with them, and then about four and a half years into it, launched uh, my book, Open for Business: uh, The Insider's Guide to Leasing Commercial Real Estate. Got featured in Forbes for Instagram and said, you know what? It's time for me to go start my own gag. So in February of 2018, I started my own commercial real estate brokerage as the youngest commercial real estate broker in Nashville. And then shortly thereafter, started started buying buildings and taking advantage of all the offerings that I was giving to my investors previously. Mm-hmm. That's cool. How did this all come together for you? Like, How did you learn so fast how to do commercial real estate? So I'm, uh, I'm very much a self-starter. You know, after they paid for me to get my real estate license, I said, "Okay, how do I do this?" And they said, "Go find us a tenant, and we'll show you how to get it done." So I had no idea what I was doing. I was just going out and knocking on doors and trying to get people to lease commercial real estate. So learned from there. Uh, read every book that I could get my hands on. Listened to every podcast. I mean, I think the only thing I did for months in my car was listen to every podcast on commercial real estate, on sales, on being a you know broker, and uh, just hit the pavement. To learn as much as I possibly could, ask questions. Never tried to pretend like I knew something that I didn't, because you know people always appreciate the honesty there. And I mean that's that's really it. I'm not smarter than anybody else. I just work harder than everyone. I heard from a mutual friend of ours that uh, you were able to celebrate a nice milestone here recently, yeah. and that that milestone was achieving a million dollar net worth. You're only 27. It's an accumulation that happens, and uh, you know it's not necessarily an easy thing. 
But once you get to a million, the second million comes a lot more quickly and it, it begins to really escalate after that. So you're on a great track in your financial life already. Tell us a little bit about that process of getting to a million dollar net worth. So I spent uh, really about five, five and a half years learning everything that I could about commercial real estate and learning how to underwrite deals. And I, was, I kept bringing them to these investors. And you know, at some point, you start looking at, at yourself as a commercial real estate broker and you go, man, I'm making 3 to 6% of this deal. These guys are taking home everything, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we were doing sales where guys had bought property for $500,000. We're selling them for $2 million. I get a $60,000 commission. He makes a million and a half dollars. I'm going, what? What am I doing? I'm on the wrong side, man. I got I to gotta fix this. <laughs> so I had gotten to a point where I was like, okay. You know what? Clearly, based on on my track record, I have a nose for a good deal. The next deal that comes up, I'm going to get it under contract and I'm going to approach some investors about it. And so that's what I did. Being in sales, you get taxed really high. You have so many expenses as a business owner. You really don't make nearly as much money as you think you do as to when you own commercial real estate. You get taxed passively. You don't have to work. You get paid while you're sleeping. So commercial real estate is a very attractive investment. And I went and found a deal. And the first two guys that I pitched it to both gave me $50,000 each. And they said, absolutely. We don't even need to see the building. We just know you and your track record. Uh, go make it happen. I said, you sure you guys don't want to go see the building first? Like, This is the first time I've done this. I go, nope. No, we trust you. Go have at it. I said, okay. <laughs> So it was uh, that was very nerve wracking, but uh, you know that was that was in February. We've got a pharmacy in that building now. Uh, it's doing phenomenally well. It's in an up and coming neighborhood, and it wasn't. Uh, it took me five and a half years to to buy my first building. It took me four months to buy two more, and then another four months later, I bought another one. So it was kind of one of those think bigger moments where once you just learn how to do it and you have the guts to, to do it, you realize how easy it actually is. Whatever you're looking to invest in or whatever you're looking to be the greatest at, go find someone that can show you how to do it. Because a mentor or somebody like that that you're investing with can put you on the fast track and you'll cut ahead years. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Well, what other advice would you have for young people who uh, aspire to have some of the same success that you've already achieved? So I think getting up early and finding something that you're passionate about that makes you get up that early and, and just working harder than anybody else uh, to make it happen. You know, If you don't have the work ethic, it doesn't matter. And if you're not passionate about it, it also doesn't matter. You're never going to be great. You know, The other thing that I would say is, is make the ask. Don't be afraid to, to ask for what you want. You know, whether, whether you're raising money for a charity, you're asking for the sale, you know, you're asking that girl out. It doesn't matter. I'd make the ask. Because the worst that they can say is no, and you move on to the next one. Yeah. And the more that you get used to asking, the easier it becomes, the easier it is to take the no's. But you also realize that a lot of times the things you were afraid of happening really were just figments of your imagination. And it is truly amazing how often we, we get what we want when we are good at our presentation skills and when we ask uh, with the right level of confidence. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. 
If you click on the deals link on our podcast page, you'll see some tremendous offers from our podcast sponsors. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.